At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSN, the sports betting network. Just like the legendary Brent Musburger just said out loud, it is Rush Hour, and we are thrilled to be here with you on this Thursday evening, getting you ready for some Thursday night football, trying to bring the energy because, look, it's not the most exciting game between the Panthers and the Texans, but you best believe we got some betting action on it. Nevertheless, I got some props to get through like we typically will with Prop Shelf at the end of the show. So in 45, I'll dish out about a few plays in terms of some rushing props, receiving props, and we'll take a look at that quarterback matchup as well. To kick things off like we typically do with primetime games, we'll also hit on the first half of the game with my better half where I'll go over all the odds to begin the game in the first two quarters, let you know which angles could be a viable betting option and some other miscellaneous props for Thursday night football with the Panthers and the Texans. In between, Josh Applebaum, Beeson's betting reporter, will be joining us in about 15 minutes, and Josh will let us know where the market has been moving in this game, whether it's with the point spread, money line, total. We'll see if he's got any props as well and maybe taking it a little bit outside of tonight with more NFL action this weekend. We'll see if he's got any college action and much more. From Mr. Applebaum. And then how about Tank Williams, former NFL safety? He'll share his thoughts on tonight's game and plenty of college action as well. And I know he dabbled in the NFL with some bets this weekend. So coming over all over the place are we tonight in rush hour with bets in terms of NFL and a little college will throw in there, like we said. But primarily, the focus is tonight on the NFL and Thursday night football. So let's get you squared away with the updated game lines for Houston and Carolina. The Panthers now up to an eight and a half point favorite. Some spots we saw this open as a seven point favorite for Carolina. And look, Sam Darnold's been getting all the love now up to eight in the hook at Bet Rivers. Carolina also minus four dollars on the money line. You think Houston pulls off the upset with Mills as their quarterback? Plus 335 is the dog price that you'd be catching with the Texans, who have been competitive as at this point, but that's been a large part because of Tyrod Taylor, who will not be playing. Uh, 43 is this total, opened about 43 and a half, so just a little bit of love to the under for this full game. Now, looking at what these teams have done as at this point, obviously the storyline for the Panthers have been this defense, right? I mean, they're only allowing now 10 and a half points per game as of this mark. Yes, it's only two spots, and one of them was against the Jets, but it's been very impressive how they've been able to improve on that side of the ball early on. And more so, Sam Darnold has looked really solid. And again, we'll get into his props later in the show. They're averaging about 22.5 points per game through these two contests, 392 total yards offensively, and almost 300 in the air. We know how great Christian McCaffrey's been. He's been a force to been reckoned with in that passing game as well. Maybe a play in the future, as I'm sure everybody's jumping in on for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the Texans, when you look at what Houston's been able to do offensively, about 30 points per game thus far, but defensively has been the issue, allowing 26 points per contest. 
Offensively, they have been racking up about 380 total yards as of this point, but they're allowing 388.5 total yards, 272 of that coming in the air, so maybe a big night throughout the passing game for Sam Darnold and all of his receiving weapons. So when it comes to this full game, you know, I get the love coming to Carolina because it seems tough to bet the Texans regardless, but Taylor was looking good. And now that he's out, you got to trust Davis Mills, who looked okay, I guess you could say, when he came in against the Browns, 8 of 18 in that spot. But, you know, the Browns secondary really isn't that great. And this Panthers defense, again, has looked solid. So can we trust Mills to cover that 8.5 spot? Well, again, you have to consider that Carolina, after these two, you know, games where they have looked impressive, a shorter week coming on the road, laying eight and a half with a quarterback who has looked good, but maybe not great per se. And it's not that Houston's got a great defense. It just seems like a tall order to want to lay the eight and a half with Carolina for this full game that high on a Thursday night road game. So nothing that I'm doing in terms of this full game with the spread money line or total, but let's get you fixated on the first half this matchup between the Panthers and the Texans. Let's get into it with my better half for Thursday Night Football, where we go over all the different betting angles for the first half in this primetime Thursday night matchup between Carolina and Houston. All right, let's start like we typically do with the first half three-way bet. Now, this is where the tie is implemented, and the tie is 10-1. to If you think this game is going to go into the second half, knotted up with an even score, uh, the Panthers are minus 220 with the first half three-way bet. The Texans catching plus 235. Now, again, as we always preface when we talk about this, the difference between the first half three-way bet and the tie no bet is that if it does push and you do the first half three-way bet, you don't bet the tie, you would lose. But the more enticing thing to do that first half three-way bet is you're getting a little bit better odds as opposed to the tie no bet. Panthers minus 278 on the tie no bet. They're minus 220 on the first half three-way. Because in the tie no bet, if it does push, you of course would get your money back. But in the tie no bet, like we said, Panthers minus 278, Texans plus 215. Don't really like dabbling in that, you know, when we've talked about these the last several games because it's kind of been big money line favorites and I don't trust the other team enough to want to, you know, lay any money or take, you know, the price with it to put down any money on them. So uh, overall, just staying away in that realm. Spread is four and a half. Panthers is, are laying it minus 112. Texans catching it minus 109. And I didn't play this one officially, but there has been some love going to Carolina. I think they opened three and a half up to four and a half. Uh, is where we saw the movement, but I would side with Carolina in the spot because in the first half so far this season, they've really been a solid squad. They've done better in the first half than they have in the second half, and they haven't allowed their opponents to score any points in the first half in those first two games. That doesn't mean it's going to correlate to this game tonight, but still something to build your groundwork from and not too shabby. I mean, the Saints had a great offense against the Packers. They couldn't put up any points against the Saint or against the Panthers. So, hey, maybe something to consider would be the Panthers minus four and a half in terms of the spread for the first half. Something to keep in the back of your mind. But where I'm kind of more inclined to go with, as I always say, happens to be with the total points in the first half and kind of in that region of betting. Now, not specifically with the total points between the two teams. However, the number is 21 and a half. Over is minus 113. Under is minus 108 if you feel inclined to bet in that direction. But I'm looking more at the team total points specifically. The Texans is at 7.5. Over is minus 105, under minus 125. Remember that the Panthers have not allowed their opponents to score any points 
Okay, so they've limited their opponents very well defensively. They were up 16-0 against the Jets in their first game in the first half, then 17-0 against the Saints. Now, when you look at what the Texans have done in the first half, yeah, they've had enough offense. They were leading the Jags 27-7 in that first game, so that's why their stats may be a little bit skewed offensively in the first half. But they also racked up 14 against the Browns before Taylor got injured. It was 14-14 going into the second half. So what's going to kind of outlast the other? Is this Texans offense going to continue to roll with the new quarterback, or can we rely a little bit more so on this Carolina defense that has limited their opponents tremendously in the first half? I tend to think the latter, and that's because of the new quarterback situation with Mills in the mix. I trust this Panthers defense as of this point more so than I do Davis Mills right now because we've only seen the small sample size of him whereas we've gotten two full games with this Panthers defense, albeit against you know the Jets being one of the teams. But the Saints, obviously a respectable team on the other side. So I would lean to the under. It is minus 125 and shaded that way. But still, just because it's such a short amount, ultimately I'm going to be staying away, but would gravitate toward the under for the Texans' total first half points. But where my best bet is coming in in this mix is going to be with Carolina and their team total first half points. 13 and a half is the mark we're seeing, minus 114 each way, and it seems like the over as of late is getting some love, and I completely agree with that. Look, when we look at what the Panthers have done in the first half, as we've already alluded to, against the Jets, they tacked on 16. Against the Saints, they put up 17 points. So what makes you think they won't be able to get at least two touchdowns against this Texans defense that has not done anything impressive, except hold the Jacks, who are awful, to just seven points? I think they're going to at least be able to get up to 14 points because of a big contributor, which will be time of possession. Okay, when you got a guy like Christian McCaffrey against a bad defense in Houston, CMC is going to be a main reason you control the ball, be able to find yourself in the red zone plenty of times. Plus, again, as we already mentioned, this Carolina defense is really good, which will probably put them in better field position by limiting Houston's offense with the new quarterback in Davis Mills, who may have a tough time right out of the gate. So I think that will bode very well for Carolina in the first half, thus leading me to bet them over 13.5 points in the first half. So that's the actual action I do have in the first half. I think it's the second one we've done, because, yeah, the, the first first half bet we did was under 23.5, week one, Bears and Rams. So our second bet of the season in the first half is going to be Carolina, first half team total over 13.5. Now just moving on to kind of look at some other miscellaneous props. Uh, if you want the full game totals for each team, the Texans are at 16 and a half. Remember, they got 37 total versus the Jags in week one and 21 versus the Browns in week two. So if you think the offense can still be alive despite the different quarterback, then over 16 and a half could be your play potentially. Panthers total points, 26 and a half. Game one, they had 19 against the Jets. Game two versus Saints, they had 26. So they've stayed under that mark in both spots. I don't like going over for the Panthers per se. Would probably lean under for that one minus the buck 20. Now, an angle that we really never talk about, but I think could be very intriguing if you have a little bit more conviction than I do and willing to lay the price. How about total field goals in this game? Total successful field goals, three and a half is the number it's set at. Over is plus 102, under is minus 148. So the Panthers have just four total field goals made this season. They've made two in each respective game, so they've stayed under this mark with their opponent in both of the games thus far. Uh, they've also just... Their opponents haven't gotten any field goals against them so far this season. And they've had kicker situations, right? Santoso was the original kicker after cutting Joey Sly, who's now with the Texans. 
And they brought in Gonzalez, who went 2 of 3 from field goals, 2 of 3 from extra points. And the Texans also have stayed under this prop in both of those games as well. So I know we're up against it, but if you want maybe a different outlet, consider total successful field goals under 3.5. It's a tough price to lay. So instead, my official play, Panthers first half team total over 13.5. Josh Applebaum coming up next, helping us handicap this action. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. When you place your football bets this week, go ahead and try out the new same game parlays at Bet River Sportsbook. You can mix, match, and multiply your payouts with player prop combinations along with traditional game lines. Plus, it's easy and fun, so go ahead and give it a go this week. Or if golf is more your speed, you can also get a 20% profit boost every day of the Ryder Cup. Just log in, place your bet, and win at BetRivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. All righty, back at it on Rush Hour. Here on VCD Sports Betting Network, I am Danny Burke, live out of the BetRivers Sportsbook, and the crowd is filling up here in anticipation for Thursday Night Football. And to help us get more info and handicap the game even further, it's betting reporter Josh Applebaum, one of our favorite guests here, weekly guest at that on the program. And you can give Josh a follow on the tweets at Josh underscore insights. Catch him hosting the Market Insights podcast Monday through Friday. Tells you all the valuable line movements as he will with this Thursday night football matchup. So Josh, as always, thank you for joining us. We now see the Panthers up to eight and a half. This total is at 43 what kind of movements have you been seeing throughout this past week for this Panthers team who is 2-0 looking to make it 3-0 tonight? Yeah, Danny. So first off, thanks for having me. Always look forward to our Thursday night chats on Thursday night football. But yeah, this is intriguing, Danny. You got a couple things going on. So number one, public is definitely all over Carolina in this one. They've been a really big surprise here to start the NFL season. 2-0 straight up, 2-0 ATS. They cover against the Jets as a short favorite. They beat uh, the New Orleans Saints there last week, 26-7, as a short three-point home dog. Uh, so really, this is a situation where public is loving Carolina, loving what they're seeing out of Carolina. We know Matt Rule, when he takes over programs, historically year two is when that team takes a leap. We saw it with Temple. We saw it with Baylor. It's happening here with Carolina. But I wouldn't be so quick to lay these points with Carolina, Danny. If you look at Houston, you know, all summer long, we were just getting uh, bombarded by conversations about how terrible Houston's going to be. And yet they've been uh, pretty respectable through a couple games. They're one and one they're 2-0 ATS. They've covered as dogs both games, beating the Jaguars in week one and then losing to Cleveland last week by 10, but covering as a 13-half point dog. So I think, Danny, you know, really really early on before this Tyrod Taylor injury and Davis Mills taking his place, a lot of these look-ads were around Carolina minus four on the road. Then, of course, with, with Davis Mills coming in here, uh, you saw it kind of reopen around Carolina minus seven. You've seen a, head, a steady stream of Carolina money, it, really public here, according to BetMGM, our, our buddy John Ewing, 78% of tickets here are laying it with Carolina. I think you had a little bit of early movement that was maybe sharp at minus seven, minus seven and a half. But Danny, now that it's at eight, I think really the only way to play Carolina at this point, and again, you can lay the eight, maybe they roll, maybe you cover easily and it doesn't matter. But I don't think getting in the habit of laying you know, big numbers after they've moved, that's not going to be a successful strategy long term. So I do think if you want to bet Carolina, I would look at them in a teaser spot here, Danny. We always talk about going through multiple key numbers. This is how wise guys like to tease games. Uh, if you take Carolina minus eight or even eight and a half now, get them down to minus two, minus two and a half. 
You go through the seven, you go through the three. Uh, that would be the only way that I would look at Carolina tonight. But, Danny, you know me as a gross dog better in the NFL who likes to put on that hazmat suit. I'd be looking at the points here with Houston. You can get an eight and a half, pretty much eight across the board. You're really contrarian in a heavily bet game. Only about 22% of bets are on Houston. Uh, we've got an inflated line situation here, you know, with the opener of seven, now eight, eight and a half. You're getting a couple, uh, a point or a point and a half off the opener. Uh, primetime dogs, we've seen four and two ATS. In these big games, it's been, it's done well to take these dogs. Dogs in general in the NFL, 21 and 11 ATS, 66% through three, uh, through uh, going into week three. Also, a couple um, kind of systems that I like, Danny, or stats or nuggets here to mention. Our buddy John Ewing uh, tweeted this earlier today, but since the NFL merger in 1970, when you're a home dog getting seven points or more in the month of September, 91-59 ATS, 61%. You also look at kind of a weird thing, uh, rookie quarterbacks making their first start on Thursday Night Football, Danny. The last five are 5-0 five and o ATS. Brett Rippon, David Blau, Nick Mullins, Deshaun Watson, Jacoby Brissett. You also look at the total. I think there was some under money, like 44, down to around 43. But I'll just be careful with the under here because even though it, it feels like maybe it's a low-scoring game, Danny, the over is 6-0 and in these primetime uh, spots so far. And also you'd be buying low on a deflated line in a dome, non-conference over 45 or less with a deflated line in a dome, 58% the last decade. So to me, it's a hazmat play on Houston with the points, Danny. And again, that's a tough, uh, maybe a little sharp under, but it'd be, it's kind of hard to go against some of these trends to the over in these primetime games. Those are some crazy stats. And it's funny, too, because we're accustomed to primetime games. You know, the public loves to bet the over, and that it's usually a great underspot, as you and I have discussed many times. But you're right. I mean, this incredible start to it is very fascinating. So maybe just proceed with caution in terms of this total, especially because it is a shorter one at about 43, 43 and a half. But you also bring up, in terms of the spread, it, it is interesting, too, because you're right. I mean, it opened about seven. You saw the immediate love to Carolina. But now you're in this awkward spot of about eight and a half where, to me, I agree with you. I mean, there's no real value in laying it with the Panthers at this point. And it's not to say that they can't roll and still cover. But, you know, this seems like it fits the bill for all of your kind of opportunities to look because it's a short week for the road team. It's, you know, a different quarterback situation where it's almost like, the fallen hero theory in the sense that you kind of still bet the team even despite losing one of their top players. So you're right. I mean, I think at this point you look toward taking the points with Houston if you want to get involved in the spread. And Josh, I guess to, you know, just another question with this game really quick because of kind of what I mentioned, is that something that we see? Is there anything that, you know, maybe you don't have the substantial data right now, but when you're looking at, you know, that road team playing on the short week of Thursday night football. Is that something that you always keep in the back of your mind, especially when you see the spread as high as a touchdown? Yeah, definitely, Danny. These are little factors, I think, and you hit on them. I think they're very, very important. But, you know, the other thing is this is the first road game here for Carolina. They've looked good at home, yeah. you know, beating the Jets and, you know, taking care of business against, uh, you know, against a division rival there with the Saints. But now you're on the road. And again, it's always a tough situation. It, you know, and you, this is kind of a classic contrarian play, but anytime you see a road team, getting like seven seventy percent of bets or more all the money's on the road team you know again this is kind of like a mini ravens uh game against the chiefs that sunday night game where everyone was on the chiefs and uh, obviously they were like minus two and a half up to three and a half similar thing it's a bigger spread of course but the theory is anytime a road team is super 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 trendy and they're getting a ton of bets a ton of money i like to bet against that i think this is the ultimate spot too where again Carolina's looking great. They've never looked better. Public hasn't been this high on the Carolina team since, I don't know, uh, maybe uh, maybe those uh, that Jake DeLome year against my Patriots, Danny. 
Uh, but I'll look at Houston, you're still buying low on them. So to me, an inflated line has my play with Houston has some value. And again, you can lay it with Carolina and maybe they win by 21. And you say, who cares? I should have laid the number the whole time. But again, betting these late numbers after they've a lot of value has been kind of evaporated from them to me is a risky proposition. I'd be looking to buy in low with Houston, especially if you can find a hook with the eight and a half. All right, Josh, let's move on to some college football. Let's talk App State and Marshall here. Uh, you know, this game we have to look forward to tonight, and we see the spread at seven, total at about 58 and a half. What kind of movement have you seen here? How are you looking to play this college game this evening? Yeah, this is kind of an inverse of that Thursday night game in the NFL, Danny. So I'm looking at Marshall as a dog, as an undervalued road dog, not an undervalued home dog. So a lot of these uh, books, you, you saw App State, and again, kind of taking a step back, both these teams are 2-1, and one, but Marshall's 1-2 and two ATS, and App State is 2-1 and one ATS. You see this all the time, where if the public just sees one team that covers more than the other, they're going to they're gonna play them here. You also get the, the last matchup, Danny. You know, Marshall looked really good opening 2-0. and oh. They had a bad loss last week. Uh, they lay, they were minus 10 and a half, and they actually lost the game straight up, 42-38, East Carolina. So anyone who bet Marshall last week is mad at them. They, they bet them, and they lost, and they made them look bad. So I think there's a lot of bias against Marshall here, a lot of bias in favor of App State. And anytime you get these standalone games where everybody's betting App State, about three out of four bets here, yet here's the kicker, a lot of these books are dropping, Danny. A lot of these books open, you know, minus seven, minus seven and a half was pretty much the opener. Now it's down to seven, even though a big majority of bets uh, are, are laying it with App State here. So I'd be looking at, at grabbing this dog here on the road with Marshall. And the thing you like about this one, Danny, anytime I'm, I'm on a dog in college or in the NFL for that matter, I want a dog who can score points and just kind of keep it close and maybe get a backdoor cover. You look at Marshall. They're one of the highest scoring teams in college football this year. They're averaging 44 points a game. So again, everyone bet nap, but yet it's kind of fallen seven after seven. I'd be looking at grabbing the points here with, uh, with Marshall. Yeah, and you talk about like, what team in terms of an underdog can score points. And you're right. I mean, Marshall's been a team that you can rely on that. And that's so important because of those backdoor covers specifically, that could be wide open, especially in a volatile atmosphere that is college football. And that's kind of been a correlation. It looks like with the over getting a little bit of love too, up to 58 and a half. So Josh, man, we love it. We appreciate your insight on not only Thursday night football, but college as well. So many avenues for us betters to look forward to tonight and the weekend. And we appreciate you helping us handicap it, my friend. Always a pleasure, Danny. Good luck, and I hope you catch your plays tonight. Yes, sir. You as well. Josh Applebaum, ladies and gentlemen, at Josh underscore insights. It's where you can follow him on Twitter. He'll give you all the info you need on the tweets. Plus, remember, the Market Insights podcast, Monday through Friday, wherever you get your podcasts available to you. Subscribe to the daily newsletter, eason.com slash subscribe. Josh also does a little bit of write-up on baseball or whatever big games are happening that day. You can get Mr. Applebaum all over the place. Again, at Josh underscore insights. All right, we're keeping it going with NFL and some college football. Tank Williams, Yahoo Sports NFL analyst. He'll be hopping on, talking betting angles in terms of college and a few games on Sunday that stick out to him in terms of betting the NFL. Former NFL safety, so he knows what's going on in that field, and he'll help us translate it to a handicapping perspective next here on Rush Hour. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. And you can do that by starting your free trial at VEASAN right now to get full access to all of our sports betting experts. And it includes 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money, and ticket percentages on every single game. Plus, you get full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. Remember, you get everything VEASAN has to offer, and it's only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. Okay, it is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and the show is Rush Hour. I'm your host, Andy Burke. Thank you for joining us on this fine Thursday evening, getting you prepped for Thursday night football and the football action ahead this upcoming weekend. To help us carry that out, Tank Williams joining us at Tank Williams 13 on Twitter, contributor over at Yahoo Sports with fantasy football and betting in general. Tank, we appreciate you making some time, my man. I know we'll get into the NFL in just a moment, but I know yeah. you have an angle in a college football game this weekend that I wanted to discuss to begin with. Let's talk UCLA and let's talk Stanford. This game has a lot of betting interest, and UCLA currently is laying the four and a hook, and the total's at 58 and a half. So the Bruins looking to bounce back this week. Do you believe they do that against Stanford? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think UCLA had three home games in a row. They played Hawaii, got a good win there. They beat a down LSU team. And then Fresno State, who actually has a quarterback whose father goes to my gym, went into uh, UCLA and gave those boys the business. And so when I look at them playing their first game away from uh, – you know, UCLA coming into Stanford and playing against the Stanford team who's only lost comes against Kansas State in a neutral environment, but they're playing at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I feel like this is definitely a setup where Stanford covers because, I mean, you don't give UCLA four and a hook at Stanford? Like, come on now. Like, that. no, I definitely wouldn't take that bet. Do you think that what we've seen from UCLA in the first few weeks, albeit, you know, they had a little bit of a struggle last week, do you think that's going to be the norm now with Chip Kelly and what he's instilling in this UCLA offense? Or is that kind of an outlier to begin the season in somewhat of an easier schedule? Uh, you kind of cut out on me right there, but I think you're just basically asking me, is that what we can expect uh, from UCLA moving forward? And I would say probably so. I mean, I feel that, over the past few years, Chip has shown that, you know, that team has improved. He's recruited better. They are putting a better product on the field, but I don't think they're there just yet. They got a big win against LSU, and I believe that gave them a lot of confidence, but then they got smacked back down to reality uh, playing against Fresno State. And we also know that the Pac-12 is tough. I mean, you go into any game, any given Saturday, and you never know who's going to come out of there. And so we look at UCLA going into Stanford, and having to play a game coming off that tough loss, are they going to put up a fight? Are they going to try to rebound from that tough loss to Fresno State? Yes, but at the same time, I know David Shaw is going to try to play the Stanford strengths, run the ball, try to play some solid defense, keep the game low scoring, and then try to have a chance to win at the end. And so when I look at it from that standpoint, it looks like the things will kind of favor Stanford as far as when you look at the, uh, the spread on this game. All right, so Tank saying take the points with Stanford. Can't argue against him in that sense. Now, let's move on to this weekend, and we'll talk about Thursday Night Football tonight, but 
But first, I want to go over with some games that may be a little bit more interesting to the betting perspective, at least from your side personally. And I'm with you, too. But uh, I want to start with this Colts and Titans game. This is an odd spot for this indie team that obviously won't have Carson Wentz in this game, but perhaps are going to rely a lot on Jonathan Taylor against this weak run defense that Tennessee is posing. And we see the Titans as a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. You are under the key number of seven, but is that maybe too much to go against this Colts team, or do you think the Titans just run through Indy? I mean, it really depends. I mean, I know that they factored in the fact that Wentz may not play. So if Wentz doesn't play, uh, I like the way that Titans defense bowled up against uh, Russell in his kitchen on Sunday in Seattle. So if they can play that type of ball, building off that momentum that they had last Sunday, I can see the Titans covering their uh, minus five and a half. But it's also one of those things, too, where if Jonathan Taylor can get going for Indy and takes a lot of pressure off of whether it's Brett Hundley or Jacob Easton, that quarterback, if they can get that run game established, then things get a little interesting. But I would look for the Titans to try to beef up against that run game, make one of those young quarterbacks beat them. And if that's the case, I see the Titans having an edge and being able to cover on that minus five and a half. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. You know, I'm in the contest, of course, when you're picking the five teams ATS, and I'm looking at this Titans squad, and obviously five and a half is kind of a weird number to be set at, but it seems to me that, again, that's right, you know, assuming it's not Carson Wentz being the quarterback, they got your backup, and they've already been struggling a little bit, it seems like the Titans can certainly control the time of possession in this game with all the offensive weaponry that they have. And they have the momentum now based off what they did against Seattle this past week. So I think that bodes very well for the Titans at home lane five in the hook. And then speaking of Seattle tank, I mean, they have quite the peculiar matchup against Minnesota. And I, if you're betting, you know, Godspeed to you, my man. But I'm staying away from this one because I don't trust either team in this spot. How do you think it's going down, though, in Minnesota? You give more of the edge to Kirk Cousins and company or Russell Wilson and his studly receivers? I mean, actually, you know, Russ and those guys coming off a tough loss, I would give the edge to them to actually win the game, even though I know Minnesota's motivated as well. But I'm in the same boat with you. Like, I wouldn't touch this game with a 20-foot pole just for the simple fact <laughs> that, I mean, they have it set at, I'm not sure what your numbers are, but I think they have it set at the over and under at 55. With both of these teams shooting out last week, I expect for both of them to actually go, I expect for them to go under on this one because I know that Seattle likes to play more of a style where they run the ball and let that set up their play action pass downfield. I know Minnesota's preference is to run the ball and with a banged up Dalvin Cook, you may see a little bit more Alexander Madison and they don't want Kirk Cousins throwing all those passes uh, either unless they have to. So I can see this being a more low scoring affair. So if I had to choose, I would go with the under and I would select uh, Seattle, you know, covering with the minus one and a half because I could probably see them kicking a the field goal or something like that to win the game. Yeah, it just seems like one of those games that is really going to come down to the end and Minnesota will find a way to shoot themselves in the foot like they have done these previous yeah. two games. And, of course, you give the quarterback advantage to Russell Wilson at that point, and you're right. They'll probably just run the ball down the throats of Minnesota where this defense really hasn't been that solid. So uh, that seems to be where the money's going towards Seattle, and the under 55 could be an interesting play as well. I'll certainly take a deeper dive into that. But again, yeah, I'm with you. I think I'm going to stay away from it ultimately, but should be entertaining nonetheless. Then what about this Patriots and Saints game thing? I, I really haven't spent too much time on this one, but it looks like there's been some late love coming for the Saints. They were catching three, and now at least at Bat Rivers, they're catching two and a half. Shorter total here, 42 and a half. Do we avoid the recency bias with the Saints and what happened last week? Because again, this is a new matchup and 
They dominated Green Bay, and everyone thought they were going to run through the wall against the Panthers last week, but that wasn't the case. So what can we expect out of Sean Payton in this matchup? Uh, the interesting dynamic here is, you know, trying to figure out this Saints defense because they have a ton of injuries. I'm not sure if Lattimore or some of these guys are going to be back or not. And so I believe that's the X factor. I mean, when you look at it from a coaching standpoint, both of these coaches are going to try to protect their quarterbacks with the run game. And we know that both of these defense can be tough against the run, even though the Saints with those injuries, we saw what Christian McCaffrey was able to do last week. So if you factor all that in, you have the same Saints defense playing the way that they did against Carolina last week. I would actually put the odds in favor of New England being able to execute their game plan better. But I think that's the only thing that really sets this apart. I feel like Sean Payton and Bill Belichick are masterminds. It's just Bill has more healthier tools to work with in this right. game versus the Saints coming in a little banged up on defense. All right, Tang, and then before we let you go, even if you don't love the game on paper, any thoughts for tonight's matchup with the Panthers and the Texans? Carolina up to an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, shorter total at 43. Anything worth the wager in your opinion? Oh, Carolina's up to eight-and-a-half. Actually, that's pretty interesting. I mean, for the simple fact that if you look at it, the Texans have played decent ball uh, the past two weeks. I mean, you know, they won the home game. I understand it was against Jacksonville, but then they went up and they played Cleveland tough until Tyrod went out. And so even though this is a short week, that may actually give, you know, Davis Mills a little bit of an advantage. And I'm not sure if folks know, I mean, all these ties kind of coming together, whether you're talking about Tennessee or Seattle, like Davis Mills, he was a quarterback at Stanford last year. I know he's a smart kid. You know, he has a really lively arm. I mean, he's not as mobile as Tyrod, but he's a smart guy who should be able to take care of the ball now. I understand that Carolina defense is really tough, and I expect them to play tough, especially on the short week against the rookie quarterback. But that being said, I'm not sure if I would have total faith in Carolina covering. What is you said is uh, uh, minus eight and a half yeah. on this one? Yeah, it's up. It's up to yeah, eight and that, a half, that and that's getting steep. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm with you. you. I, that point, then I start looking at the other side. For sure, and especially on the short week with the road team, and as good as they have looked. Yeah, it's just a little bit too steep to me. So I think Texans uh, could be the side here now that it's up to eight and a half. But, hey, Tank, I would love to keep talking football with you, my man. I always love it. But we're up against it. Appreciate the insight. And best luck with your wages this weekend, my friend. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Talk soon. You bet. At Tank Williams 13, you can follow him along on the tweets. Catch him over at Yahoo Sports, NFL analyst, fantasy football analyst, and, of course, like he did for us, Got you covered on those wagers. All righty, speaking of wagers, we got plenty in terms of prop shelf. What bets am I playing tonight with the props? We will let you know next. Stick around. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network. River Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting, and Bet Rivers has you covered for the NFL season. They're offering same game parlays in all pro football matchups, and they're bringing back the Reduce the Juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, they have their $1 million Beat the Spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to betrivers.com to place your bets. 
offer is valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. One-trip play, 532-3500 in Virginia and Iowa. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. All righty, we are wrapping up a Thursday night edition of Rush Hour here on VCD Sports Betting Network. Of course, I'm Danny Burke, your host. And as always, we are live out of the Bet River Sportsbook, getting you ready for Thursday night football, Houston and Carolina. The Panthers up to an eight and a half point favorite, and the totals at 43. But where our interests lie heading into the end of the show is with the props, baby. It is that time. Let's get into prop shelf here on a Thursday night for some primetime NFL action with the Texans and the Panthers, baby. The spread's kind of ugly. The total's kind of ugly. So let's go into some other bet angles like we like to do best, and that is the angles of the props. So let's start with the quarterbacks, baby. Let's go with Sam Darnold. What can he do tonight against his Houston Texan defense? Well, he's boasting a passing yards prop currently at Bet Rivers of 264.5 over under minus 114 each way. His pass attempts number is 33 and a half, and his pass completions is at 23 and a half. Now, in his two games thus far, he's averaging 292 passing yards per game. We get it. It's a short sample size, and that's going to be the case for all these players, but it's still something to build upon. So 292 per game thus far, got 279 in game one, 305 in the next. So he has gone over this mark in both games as of this point, being against the Saints and the Jets. Now, Houston is allowing 272.5 passing yards per game so far, but they do rank fifth in DVOA pass defense. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, he got 332 passing yards against his Houston defense. Baker Mayfield just 213. You know, Mayfield was a little bit banged up with that shoulder. You have Nick Chubb, so you utilize him a little bit more. So, so I'm not taking that one into account as much. But my point being is, yes, Sam Darnold can obviously capitalize on this Texan secondary that is not that great. But will he do that? Will he need to do it? Or can they control that on the ground game? And that's my issue here is that, yes, I think the Panthers win. Do I think it's by a landslide? Maybe not. So maybe he will need to pass more and take advantage of it. But I'm not willing to bet on this over 264 and a half to find out because maybe they just solely rely on Christian McCaffrey in the ground game. That could certainly be a realistic probability. So that's why I'm not kind of all there in it. But I would lean over with Donald. I think... This could be a big game for him, no doubt about it. Again, I'm just not willing to place the wager to find out. His pass attempts at 33.5. It is shaded to the over minus 121. He's averaging 36.5 in these two, uh, two games at this point. 35 he threw and then 38 respectively. But again, will he be needing to throw that much? Not willing to bet it to find out. But what I would place a wager on if I was going to do anything with Darnold would be his pass completions over. Now, 23.5 is the number we're seeing at Bet Rivers, but in some other spots, if you really do some searching, you can find it 22.5, and then I would strongly consider it. But at 23.5, I get the overs even money. I would still go in that path toward the over because he's averaging 25 pass completions per game at this point, completed 24 and 26, respectively. So you're going to be sweating it out. There's no doubt about that. I think the number is set appropriately, so I don't have enough conviction to play it but I would lean over, and especially if you get a 22.5, then yes, I would look over for Darnold and his pass completions. I would put that as the most favorable compared to the attempts or passing yards for Darnold and his props. 
But let's look at his opposing quarterback that he is facing. Davis Mills tonight, making his start with the Texans. Man, oh man, what can Mills do against his Panthers defense that has looked very stout thus far? Well, if you think he can get over his passing yards prop, he's got to at least get 215. Because 214 and a half is the number that it's set at at Bet Rivers. In the second half against the Browns, he had 18 pass attempts. He totaled 102 passing yards, not too shabby. Uh, the Panthers defensively, as we already alluded to, have been really solid as of this point. Allowing just 184.5 passing yards per game, ranked number one in DVOA pass defense, run defense, and total defense. I get it. It's only week three, but just pointing it out there. Uh, Zach Wilson was able to throw for 258 yards against Carolina, trailing from behind. Maybe that could be the same case with Mills. And... Um, Winston, he only threw for 111 yards, but that was such a weird game from the Saints. It's kind of hard to take anything from that spot unless you're just giving all the respect to the Panthers' D, which you should. Uh, pass attempts for Davis Mills, 30 and a half, shaded to the over. If you're expecting them to be trailing, probably going to need to be throwing the ball more. So that would, you know, give more attention and more reason to bet the over. Pass completions at 18 and a half. It is shaded to the over, minus 136. Unders plus 104. But I think it's really tough to trust a new quarterback on an inferior team in Houston. Even though they have played well, but that was with Tyrod Taylor. I'm not in on trusting Davis Mills. So if anything with him, I would do his pass attempts over 30 and a half. But nothing that I'm in love with and would actually place the wager on. But the top one for Mills for me would be his pass attempts over 30 and a half. All right, let's get into the thick of it though. Let's get into some of the other areas that we can actually have a little bit more comfort with. And unfortunately for Christian McCaffrey, everybody is infatuated in betting his props. It's why wouldn't you be? He's a star in this game. But before we get to my official play with him, let's start with his rushing yards. 81 and a half is the number we're seeing. Shaded slightly to the under, minus 117. Um, you got 98 rushing yards versus the Jets, went over this mark, but stayed under it versus the Saints where he totaled just 72. Now the Texans are allowing 116 rushing yards per game at this point. Chubb, the leading rusher for the Browns, tallied 95 rushing yards on 11 attempts. Carlos Hyde was the leading rusher for the Jags. He had 44 rushing yards on nine carries. Again, they weren't really running the ball that much. I would lean over here with Christian McCaffrey, but I do think there are better betting angles for CMC. And one of them would be his rushing attempts. Now, unfortunately, it kind of missed the best number for this. 18.5 is what it was earlier. And if you were looking to play this, I would really direct you toward the over. But now it's at 19 and a half, and I'd probably say just stick away at this point. But he is getting 22 and a half carries per game thus far. 21 versus the Jets, 24 versus the Saints. And you may think, okay, well, why wouldn't that be an automatic bet to the over? Maybe they're dominating and they get Chuba Hubbard some more action. Maybe they just get Christian McCaffrey more involved in the passing game, or maybe overall Sam Darnold's passing more. I'm not saying I'm going to, I'm thinking that's what's going to happen, but that's still a tough number. That's high. And 19 and a half now, I think it's a stay away. 18 and a half would very strongly lean toward the over, though. I know it's just a one attempt difference, but it really does make that big of a difference when you're sweating it out, believe me. So I think at this point, you're staying away from rushing attempts for Christian McCaffrey at 19 and a half. But the play I made was his receiving yards. And unfortunately, this number has gone all over the place. I think the lowest he could have got it, well, at least the lowest I saw was 47 and a half. But where I pulled the trigger actually last night was 48 and a half at Bet Rivers. Then today it was 49 and a half, and now it's shot up all the way to 55 and a half. So they're loving his receiving yards over the number. And why wouldn't you? He got 89 receiving yards versus the Jets, and then it was at like 44 and a half. And this was a prop we played last week, 
when he was playing the Saints, and he went over that fairly easily, got 65 receiving yards. So even if you don't care if you're missing the best number by almost 10 yards, then over 55 and a half would still be the only way I would lean with McCaffrey. But again, the only play I made was uh, with McCaffrey is over 48 and a half receiving yards. Again, the number is kind of gone, but if you have faith, still think it's going to be a big game in the air for McCaffrey, who's number two in targets in terms of the passing game from Darnold. Um, let's go in the other direction for Mark Ingram. Let's look at some of his rushing props tonight. The play that I'm making with him goes with his rushing attempts. Now his rushing yards is 35 and a half, but the Panthers are only allowing 46 and a half rushing yards per game. But I'm looking at rushing attempts over for Ingram, nine and a half minus 130. He had 26 carries versus the Jags, 14 versus the Browns. And if they want to stick in this game, they got to establish a run. They want to control that time of possession. Houston needs to do that. And he leads the team and carries with 40. The next closest is 13 with Lindsey. So I think we can at least get double-digit carries from Mark Ingram over 9.5 minus a buck 30. So that's the best bet I got for Ingram. The next best bet I have and the last is DJ Moore. Receiving yards prop 66.5. Over is minus 115. Under is minus 114. Now he's averaging 79.5 receiving yards per game. He got 80 receiving yards versus the Jets. 79 versus the Saints. He's getting seven catches on about nine and a half targets per uh, this season. Again, he's got 19 targets overall. Christian McCaffrey has 15. Go with what you know, and that's trusting the two highest targets for the Panthers. That's why I did McCaffrey over his receiving yards, and that is also why I'm doing DJ Moore over his receiving yards, of which he's gone over twice, 66 and a half tonight. So if you missed it, the best bets we were rolling with tonight, Moore over 66 and a half receiving yards, McCaffrey over 48 and a half receiving yards. We got Mark Ingram over nine and a half rushing attempts. And then the Panthers first half team total over 13 and a half. Best of luck if you tail. Enjoy the game. We'll catch up again tomorrow here on Rush Hour.